I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Okay, Sean Powers is in the co-host seat today, and our guest is Stephen Wino, who covers hockey and the Capitals for the Associated Press. Stephen, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. So I talked to you the other day. Um, We uh, have a lot of people that follow the show that are new to hockey. So I was hoping you might give us a little uh, intro, if you will. Uh, Let's start out with the changes to the schedule this year. We're now playing a full slate of games. Is that right? Right. 56 games, all in divisions. And obviously the league trying to figure out how to handle a pandemic and all that. So three, instead of having the usual divisions where you have travel between Canada and the U.S., an all-Canadian division, an East, a Central, and a West in the United States, everybody playing each other eight times, sometimes in Canada, nine times for, for those teams, just to kind of keep things together. And, and as we've seen already with some of these postponements, a smart idea to keep teams from having to travel all over North America. Okay, uh, let's start with the simple stuff. There are lines in hockey that the guys are on. How do we set those lines up? What is important with those lines? Let's get a brief. Because that's one of the things that still confuses me. I get the puck's got to go in the net, and I, and I get icing. Uh, but the lines and, and how we uh, stress defense is a mystery to me. Essentially, you have a coaching staff who figures out how to balance out lines. you got a left wing, a right wing, a center. And, and basically, usually a team will, will dress 12 forwards and, and six defensemen during a game. Occasionally, that'll be 11 and 7, but no need to explain that now. But you try to figure out how basically your best players are your, your first, your second line players. Some coaches try to balance out your line so you have – three essential scoring lines where you have some of the better shooters and and, and passers together, maybe not just on the first line. And when you have defense pairings, usually you'll, you'll try to make sure that your best players don't play against the opponent's best defenseman. And, and, and that's so so much of the chess match that you see in, in a playoff series or something like that, where you realize at at a home, a team gets the, the last change as they call it last chance to put players on the ice basically try to get the matchups they want. And, and, and so much of hockey, even if, if one team has won 30 games and other teams won 15, is about matchups. And, and some teams find better matchups than others. And, and to me, that's what the value of coaching is in hockey. So much in the regular season, as we've seen around here with, with Bruce Boudreau and other Capitals coaches who've had regular season success, is you've got to translate that into the playoffs where you're actually playing a chess match of trying to figure out what's your best matchup against another team. Okay. Uh, And so what has the new coaching staff brought that the old coaching staff was missing? Everything like organization. It's, it's, it's incredible when you bring in a coach, Peter Laviolette won the Stanley cup with with Carolina hurricanes back in 2006. He's taken two other teams to a Stanley cup final. He he's, I don't want to say a taskmaster style coach, but he holds players accountable and he's got a, a staff and a plan and an organization that makes sense. Todd Reardon was a very good assistant, won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals on, on the bench with Barry Trotz a couple of years ago. But he he didn't have the kind of being a CEO of a team sort of mentality. And when Peter LaViolette came in here, he he brought the, the kind of gravitas about him that little th- changes were made in kind of how they play. And we're going to see that throughout the year. But to me, it's more this is a professional coach with a professional operation 
and, and who knows how to get the most out of his players and to hold the veteran the same kind of level of accountability as rookies. John, get in there. Yeah, let me get in there. Steven, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right, Sean. So quick questions. We're talking about coaches. Let's, let's go to the front office. Um, my question is, what's going on with this Ovechkin contract? Are they in talks? Is this something that wait to the end of the season? I mean, I feel we need to lock him down now. I think he had at least a good three to five years left in him. I, I don't think there's reason. To, I don't think there's reason to panic yet, Sean. I, I think I think this is one of those situations that is going to get figured out. Probably before July first. Before he's going, he's not going to become a free agent. Alex Ovechkin's not going to play an NHL game for another team. He, he, he's not. I, yeah. I, I do think that after Nicholas Backstrom re-signed for the, the five years left on his deal, that I could see Alex Ovechkin signing for four, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of, of twelve million a year, which is big money for the NHL, not as much as big a money for, for baseball, football, or basketball, but he's going to be one of the highest played players in hockey. I do think he wants to chase Wayne Gretzky's record. And, and every time we ask Alex Ovechkin about it, it's like, it's not time to worry about it yet. It's not time to worry about it yet. And I think he's right. I, I, I think that this is, there's an understanding there that the Capitals are going to re-sign Alex Ovechkin. He's going to play here for three to four, maybe five more years. And he's going to retire. They're going to hang the number eight in the rafters. I, I, I think if 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 we're still having this conversation on, on June fifteenth, closer to July first, then I'm going to be worried. Okay. Uh, okay. Stephen, uh, I think Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan until they got punched in the face. We had a plan at goalie, and then we didn't have a plan at goalie. What is the plan at goalie? The plan of goalie is, is, is handing the job to two kids. And Ilya Samsonov uh, is kind of a hot shot prospect, one of the top goaltending prospects in hockey. He was Braden Holpe's backup last year. The whole idea all along seemed to be that he was the guy moving forward, that he was going to be the starter. Henrik Lundqvist kind of fell into the Capitals' laps, that, that the Rangers didn't want him back. It would have been a great story. You have Henrik Lundqvist coming in here with Alex Ovechkin, trying to win a Stanley Cup for him for the first time, Ovechkin for the second time. But when you have the, the, the heart situation come up and Henrik Lundqvist had the open heart surgery, Vitek Vanacek is, is a kid that most people around the NHL haven't heard of. They, 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 this is, this, he's a Czech kid, but he was a second-round pick a few years ago and, and looks pretty good so far this season. I mean, he, this, this is a kid who was ready for his opportunity. He was a, an all-star in, in the minors last season. So basically, it's, it's the kids have the net right now, and they've got, they brought in 39-year-old Craig Anderson as kind of the, the safety valve that if either one of those guys gets sick, gets hurt, or, or struggles, they have a guy who's played in the NHL for the last 14, 15 years who can kind of handle the load as a backup if needed. John, you were asking me earlier about Vanacek and some of the uh, difficulties he may have. Yeah, I was basically talking about his height. I don't, you know, it's it's hard to see over those big defenders when you're short goalies, and you gotta you gotta see a lot of aspects of the ice, and uh, that was my big big question on him. And giving up, I mean, it's a team, it's a total team sport, but I mean, we're giving up what ten goals in two games now. Yeah, and 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 Sean, you're, I, that's the first thing we noticed about Vanacek when we watched him on the ice during training camp is he is small. He's a small guy, but he's athletic. I mean, this is this is a guy who who he can move side to side really well, and, and he's got a, a compactness to his game that I don't think that's going to hurt him very much. But the, the Capitals' defense is is a little bit of a mess right now. I, I think they've got to kind of figure out what pairings work best and, and and kind of how to play under a new coach's system in front of whoever's playing in goal. 
definitely. Uh, because oh, they are in win now mode, right? Oh yeah, I mean, and 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 as, as Sean brought up, Alex Ovechkin's contract. You you bring in a forty three year old Zeno Chara who was captain of the Bruins for forever. You, you have an older team. I, I believe the oldest team in the NHL. This is not a team that's building for the future. Even though you've got an Evgeny Kuznetsov, a John Carlson, kind of some of the core players signed long term. This is a, a, a win now, win soon operation here because you don't know how many years Alex Ovechkin has left in his kind of prime years, and he's extended his prime longer than than most goal scorers basically in NHL history, like guys don't do this. Guys don't score 45, 50 goals in, in their mid thirties. It just doesn't happen. So but we just don't know when the magic's going to run out on that. When Nick Backstrom's going to start to look old when he's in his mid thirties. And it's, it, it, this is the opportunity now, especially in a shortened season with an older team, you're going to have fewer games. You're going to have less wear and tear on the tires that this is a chance to go try to win it all again. John. Agreed. Agreed. Well, <clears throat> You know, he's my nemesis, so I know for a fact he's Ovechkin's nemesis. He's been haunting him since he's been in the league. Crosby. So we know Ovechkin definitely wants at least two more to say, Crosby, you got three. I got three. I'm a better goal scorer. Matching you in points and assists. Who, who, who in this, these two guys have been doing great hockey for 10 years plus right now. And you hear Crosby, you hear Ovechkin. I, I think the media fueled that, but for me, it fueled me to really dislike Crosby. Who who is your better player? And does he need does he need the two rings to be at the level of Crosby? They're such different players. Look, I'm I'm gonna put Crosby. I'm gonna put Crosby one because of his accomplishments. Like I, I'm gonna say because he's won an Olympic gold medal twice. He's won the Stanley Cup three times. He's a playoff MVP twice. Alex Ovechkin, a playoff MVP once. Obviously, a Stanley Cup champion. And and it's gotten so much closer even since Crosby won the the, the third championship in 2017 with Ovechkin winning. Now, if you want to say Ovechkin's motivated by trying to catch Crosby, that means he's got to play the 2022 Olympics and try to win there. He's got to get to 2026 and try to win there. And he's got to win the cup twice more just to tie him. But look, Alex Ovechkin's going to go down as the greatest goal scorer in modern NHL history. I mean, this is taking the Wayne Gretzky part out of his. He's the greatest because he still has the record. If he beats Wayne Gretzky, he's the greatest goal scorer ever. And, and, and Sidney Crosby's not going to have that number of goals. He's not going to have the, the Gretzky level of points either. But this is a guy who has, just like Ovechkin, been a captain of a championship team multi, multiple times in, in Crosby's case. And, and he does have that little bit of, of the that hero element in Pittsburgh and Canada, the villain element in like a Philadelphia and a Washington and kind of in the United States for, for Olympic purposes and, and around the world, that it's been an incredible rivalry. And, and, and I know these guys don't like it. They don't like talking about each other. But it's great for hockey to have a Crosby and Ovechkin playing in the league at the same time. And look, both winning. Because you remember the Michael Jordan years in the 90s in the NBA, you had a lot of great players who never got a chance to win. Hakeem Olajuwon only won when Jordan was out. So to be able to have a Crosby and an Ovechkin both win championships and play in the same era, I think we're going to look back at this time and say, these were two of the greatest players ever. And, and it was a pleasure for us to be able to watch them play against each other so many times in the regular season and in the playoffs. Definitely. definitely. To add to that, I would definitely say that uh... – they, they kind of put hockey back on the map with this run that they're having going yeah, on with two of them. And, and, and almost like the Maguire Sosa kind of coming, taking baseball back from the strike. This was the NHL had the lockout in 04, 05. And it's what allowed Ovechkin and Crosby to be number one picks in back to back years and make their debuts at the same time is you didn't have a season there. So you have Crosby, Ovechkin, you have new rules coming out of the lockout in 2005. And all of a sudden, 
after all the jokes about NHL being on Outdoor Life Network and all these things, it, it, it's back to being kind of a prominent sport. It's still number four among the North American men's professional sports leagues, but it's gotten that kind of prevalence again. Stephen, if this team doesn't get to where it's trying to go, set goalies aside, what will be the main reason in your mind? I, I, I think they're older. I, I think there's. I think the possibility there is that this team is kind of past its prime as a group. And, and I think we all wondered that in, in 2008 when, or 2018, when the, the window was apparently closed. They, they brought guys in to try to win, and, and you thought there'd be some big changes in the summer of 2017, and there were, and, and guys left, and they won anyway. What I, what I worry about with this team is you have much of your core kind of getting into their late 20s, early 30s, and, and they're not getting any younger. And, and even signing a Brendan Dillon, who's a, a big, tough physical defenseman, 30 years old, also not getting any younger. I think they're, they could be out kind of skated out, out kind of played by teams who are younger, who are quicker. Now the Capitals won a Stanley cup by playing a hard, heavy game. That's not rely reliant totally on, on speed and skill as talented as they are. So they can win that way. But if I'm going to pick a way that they're going to lose, it's going to be because this team is beaten by a faster, younger opponent. I'm curious. You had mentioned uh, Vanacek's time. Uh, down in the minors. How long do those guys usually spend down there? You know, like baseball guys can toil away for years before it's finally time. Is, is that similar in hockey or I'm, I'm not sure how that works. You know what? He actually spent five years in the minors and, and that's a long time. Usually when, when guys are going to get to the NHL, they don't have to cook for that long. I mean, it's, and, and, and even if there are guys who are playing junior hockey in, in Canada or across the U S from their 18, 19, 20 year old years, it's then kind of to the minors, and, and most of the guys who are going to, get, going to get to the NHL get there within two to three years. Vanacek was just a guy who, because the Capitals had such solid goaltending, whether it was Semyon Varlamov, Braden Holtby, Philip Grubauer, uh, Ilya Samsonov, he was just kind of the back of the line. And, and it took all of this happening, Braden Holtby leaving for, in free agency, Henrik Lundqvist getting signed and not being able to play for him to get this opportunity after so many years. John? Definitely. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I came into the season um, uh, as contenders. And uh, after this small sample of games, w w would you still, would you say contenders or, again, I'm worried too early. It's early in the season. Relax. Yeah, I, I think, I think they're still contenders because I, I came into this thinking this division was, was really deep, but that there's going to be hard for the top four teams to make the playoffs. Penguins aren't that good. The, the Flyers might not be all that good. The Bruins might not be that good. Like, and, and the Capitals may not be as good as we thought either. But I think there's there are openings in this division to be able to get into the playoffs. And, and it, it, it is early yet. And this is the Devils and the Capitals are the only two teams in the NHL with new coaches. So when you consider that every other team in the league had continuity from last season into this season with kind of a shortened training camp and all that, I, I think it's, it's reasonable to realize that they're going to take more time to warm up. That when you have a new coach putting in even little tweaks to the system, different assignments for players on different plays that players think athletes think talk about this all the time that they want to get to the point where they don't have to think they can just act. And I I think with, with this team, they're not to that point yet that, that they're still thinking about, Oh, here's what am I, what am I supposed to do in this situation? And I think it's just going to take them a little bit longer to get there than some of these other better teams in the league. Steven, uh, if we look at football, you know, in my mind, you've got a, a head coach, a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. How does that work in hockey? 
it's it's similar. You, when you have assistants, and, and the Capitals have uh, Scott Arneal, who who's a former NHL head coach. He's been on the staff for a couple of years. He's kind of the the coach, the forwards, offensive guy. Uh, Peter Laviolette brought in Kevin McCarthy, who's kind of his right hand man. He coaches the defenseman and kind of the defensive aspect of the game. Blaine Forsythe is a guy who's been here longer than I've been in DC. Uh, back to the Bruce Boudreau days and he coaches the power play and kind of assists in other parts of the game that what a good coach does is he's able to kind of hand out different responsibilities while also running the show. I mean, this is still a coach's team, a head coach's team, but he's got to farm out different responsibilities to different coaches and say, okay, you're in charge of the penalty kill. You're in charge of the power play. You're running the forwards. You're running the defenseman because when you're behind the bench, during a game and it's going so fast, you can't be the only person kind of pulling the strings. And especially with these coaches having to wear the face masks now this year and, and, and yelling through them, you have, you need more than one voice behind the bench trying to kind of, kind of running and controlling traffic, let alone running a practice every day. John, you got anything else? Yeah. One more thing with this 60 game schedule, um, Steve, do you think it helps us? Cause you know, normally years you watch the Capitals, we, we click around that all-star break and we go on these crazy runs where i mean the month of february we might not lose a game um does that help us with the shortened season maybe we go on that run right around playoff times and and we 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 get another championship i i think it helps because just what i mentioned earlier about being an older team is I think it helps the fewer games this team is going to play. And especially because Ilya Samsonov had, has never played more than 36 games at any level of his life uh, in, in a season. So I think it's going to help get these goalies in the right frame of mind Ooh. for the playoffs, that they have just the right amount of, of game experience during the season to kind of peak for the playoffs. And that's always the challenge, right? I mean, that's, that's every team in every sport. You're trying to figure out how do you peak at the right time? And, and then the Capitals have been good at that. But when you, you have a 43-year-old Zdeno Chara, a 35-year-old Alex Ovechkin, a 34-year-old Nicholas Backstrom, playing fewer games, I think, is going to help them. Now, as long as they don't stumble along the way. I mean, this is going to be the margin for error of making and missing the playoffs is going to be more difficult, I think, for every team. Because when you have fewer chances to pick up points, every game is within your division. You can't afford to blow a, a three-goal lead and lose to Pittsburgh in, in, in overtime. You can't afford to, to do those things often. But I, I do think this team has enough talent to get to that point. And, and I think if they get in, this is a, a team built for playoffs. Just the way they play, they play. It, now that they've got coaching again, like they did with Barry Trotz, the way they, they kind of grind out teams. And when you, they, you have the depth that they have on, on their forward lines, that they can wear teams down over the course of a game, over the course of a series. And the Capitals are going to be a very tough out, especially because it's a 56-game season. Stephen, what you got uh, coming up? You've been working on some articles. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I've got basically everything on the go at some point. Just did something on, on kind of what the Capitals and other teams have done to, to get under the salary cap and kind of some of the, the wacky math things they do. Uh, taking a look at how goalies are handled during the, uh, a 56-game season with a lot of the, these back-to-backs going on. Uh, a women's hockey story coming up on the start of the NWHL season. And, and, and I want to take a look at Peter Laviolette and Zdeno Chara and just the idea of this kind of clean slate coaching that you bring in with a new coach who has a, has a championship ring and, and how he approaches the team that's been together largely for, for several years now and kind of how the Capitals are going to look under a new coach. Steven, thank you so much for your time today. This was great. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you, Steven. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you.
Was that all right? 